I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find that alligator and I'm going to kick its ass. You're in the middle of the road, jackass. Can you tell me where cornbread is? Turkeys! All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Scott. And I'm Ramon. And that's Joe. (laughs) And uh, we are Just Another Movie Night, and this is uh, Talking Trash. Talking Trash. Well, a little different than Talking Trash. We're doing the second annual Turkey Fest, and this is the last of our lineup of November movies. The Turkey Fest is where we go and talk about our favorite bad movies, movies that we absolutely love that we know aren't the best. Would you I say mean, that? Was that fair? How dare you? Yes, but I don't know if that really holds true for Alligator. I don't know if it holds true for a few of the movies we picked this this month. I mean... Uh, but I will say that uh, we enjoy it. That's why we're here. We're trying to tell people about movies that we love. They should definitely check out. If they ever wondered, so bad it's good, what is that? This might be that movie. I mean, or not, all of these November not might, movies. Not might. This is that movie. This Th- is this movie's movie. actually kind of great. And uh, what we're talking about today is 1980s Alligator. It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. It's killed five people already. And it's about to break out. Starring Robert Forster. Yeah. Um, well, let's just say this. Uh, oh, and by the way, I mean, I don't know if we should say this. Look, this is this is our show where we basically talk out the plots of movies. We discuss them in spoilerific fashion. And we give a review at the end of it. And it's what we do when talking trash. This is the type of show that we ask a couple questions, right? We ask is this a bad movie? And if not, what is the worst movie? But since this is Turkey Fest, this is different. We're doing a little something different. All month we've been basically doing movies that we adore. So, and last year we did the same thing. The first annual, we started it. And we did uh, a couple movies like Plan 9, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, uh, Miami Connection. Miami Connection. What was the other one? We did two others. We did my um, Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah. Where we might have decided that it wasn't that great. No, that was your pick. I, I still I wanted much. to put a crazy one on the mix. Yeah. But yeah, now this month, uh, this is the last one. And I think this has been a, a good one. I think this has been a good four picks in a row. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I enjoyed watching these all over again. Maybe some more than the others. 
Yeah. Um, and in this movie in particular, what we're doing today, we've seen it a lot. Well, I have. I, I actually saw this movie when I was a kid. Uh, I actually saw this on television, a special television version <laughs> that is uh, totally different almost. Uh, but I also remember this very much scaring the living crap out of me. And the reason it scared me was I was raised in New York and moved to Florida when I was young. And we lived on a canal. And when you come to Florida for the first time and see creatures that you have never seen before as a kid, like lizards and snakes and frogs, that were completely... Oh, they were telling you, every animal here is going to do something to you. Like, oh, the frogs here spit acid. <laughs> you know, the frogs here spit in your eyes. Which, still to this day, I've never seen anything like that. Well, but I in do New York, know... You never saw a frog, for God's sake? Well, we had one kind of toad in oh. New York. We had... Our bugs were a locust... You know, mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, are those the ones that uh, they go in the tree, they hatch out of the shell out of their back, and they fly off? Isn't that a cicada? I don't know what the hell I that creature is. I think it's cicada, is, but, but those they things are, are creepy loud, as shit. Yeah. yeah, they are creepy. Um, we had things like black widows, oh. praying mantises, stuff like that. But when I came here, God, they're telling you, hey, watch out for the canal. And the funniest thing is the canal that we lived on had all crazy types of creatures living in it there was a day that otters came out of there oh my god i don't even know how like otters <laughs> i don't think i've seen them again in the wild oh that's kind of cute yeah all kinds of and 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 gators but you know what never saw one in our canal well that's that's lucky i guess yeah but this movie made me always think that one was going to come and get me <laughs> in my my bedroom faced the canal and i always thought oh this thing's coming to get me Wow. Well, I'm glad I didn't see it as a kid. I actually saw it in adulthood. Yeah, you, I showed you, you. Showed me as an, an adult, and um, I fell madly in love with this movie. This is my pick for our <laughs> annual Turkey Fest because I am madly in love with this movie. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of great things to point out right off the bat. We watched this on a 4K <laughs> DVD collection set that only we would own. I received this as a gift for Christmas. And it was a wonderful <laughs> gift. Thank you, Scotty. Yeah, this movie has a 6.1 on IMDb with 15,000 uh, viewers and raters. That's uh, pretty good, actually, for one of our movies. And it also has a yeah. meta score of 62. Hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, this was directed by Louis Teague. Oh, he did some stuff. Yeah, he actually did Cujo and, the, mm -hmm. and Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye, yeah. And also a movie that I've been dying to see forever. 1992's Justice League. Oh. The movie that nobody wants you to see. Well, because you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, this is a, this is a weird one. I, it was on a few places, and now it's like ripped off of there. Yeah. I cannot believe I've never been able to see this. DC Comics must be trying to hide this movie. Apparently, it's the Justice League, but they live together in a house. Oh, like the real world. And Yeah, it's actually like the real world. They actually talk to the camera on scenes. <laughs> That's what I hear. Oh, I, I've been God. wanting to see it forever. Oh, my yeah, uh, this also was a screenplay uh, which was written by John Sayles. He did Piranha and The Howling. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But he based this off of a script from another screenwriter named Frank Ray um, Perilli. I think I'm going to say that right, Perilli. Mm -hmm. He did the shit-tastic laser blast. <laughs> Oh the only way to watch Laser Blast is with Mystery Science Theater. It is great. Find it on YouTube. It's amazing. They are so funny. Uh, the best part of this story was 
In the original screenplay that this guy wrote, the alligator got huge from drinking brewery beer leaked off from a Milwaukee brewery. I don't know which That's one would amazing. have been better. But uh, yeah, the screenwriter, John Sells, he uh, basically threw it out and rewrote this movie. Okay. Which is odd because I have a lot of questions going on in this movie. There are a lot of screw-ups, a lot of weird inconsistencies. Yeah. There is some really funny shit going on in here. But yeah, you brought up uh, Robert Forrester. Robert Forrester, yeah. He's the lead. He's a detective in this. His name is um, Detective Madison. And uh, he could not be. I mean, he's literally at his greatest in this movie with his one-liners oh, and I, his like his commentary. It, this is great. an actor. This is a, a really interesting thing. You didn't know much about him, right? I didn't know. Yeah, because when I was a kid, he was in a movie called Black Hole from Disney. Which I hadn't seen. Yes. I still haven't seen it. You have seen it. I've showed you. I don't recall seeing Black Hole. Yeah, I think Hole. we watched it a couple of years ago. Uh, you would remember. If I talked about it a little bit, you would remember. Okay. Uh, I have really, really liked this film. It's a very odd movie, and it's in that time period where Disney was making very crazy, almost satanic <laughs> background stuff. I mean, I mean, Black Holdren and all that stuff. Black Hole is very not for kids. and It's kind of like a Star Wars kind of ripoff, but it was very deep. It was almost like 2001 means Star Wars. And he's in it with um, um, Anthony Perkins. And uh, I really, and Max Shrek. Okay, um, you said yeah. Anthony Perkins. Okay, I do remember this it's movie. It's a really good film, and, and I love this actor from then. And so he disappeared for a while and then made a huge comeback because of Quentin Tarantino with Jackie Brown. Yeah. And also, I think he has cameos in other movies at that time. Mm-hmm. And he started getting very big again because of Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah. Mulholland Drive and stuff. Yes. Uh, and then he showed up on Breaking Bad, which is really funny because Brian Cranston, the lead actor in Breaking Bad, worked on this film. A friend of a friend said um, they're shooting a movie in L.A. and they need production assistance. So I said, oh, maybe that's a, a new path that I can take. I'm tired of being an extra and... I want to learn something new. So I um, applied and basically I was alive <laughs> and willing. So I was hired <laughs> and it was alligator. It was a job. It was a way for me to get out there and to learn something new. And they put me in the office, in the production office. And I was currying um, envelopes and other boxes of whatever to to the set, back to the office, to the set, back to the office, to the set, back to the office. It was really boring, and, and I thought, I'm not really learning anything this way. And Then it was miraculous, because someone stepped into the office, and it was an assistant uh, in the uh, special effects department. And it came in and talked to the production manager, and said, uh, we need someone else in special effects. And I happened to hear that, and I turned, and I said, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> Get me out of here, I'll do it, I'll do it. And, the, and they go, how about, <laughs> the production manager said, how about, and he goes, I don't care, it's fine. So I became the assistant to the assistant's assistant. Uh, I'm not kidding, I was, I was that far down <laughs> the, the totem pole. And um, 
I was the least experienced, and, but I guess the most willing. And what we were doing, we were tasked with filling the hero alligator with packets of blood and guts. This was going to be the alligator that blew up at the end. And now if, this, if someone's watching this before they've seen the movie, oh well. But, <laughs> but you kind of know the alligator's going to go. He had met him, and uh, so then they started working together in Breaking Bad. Nice. Like a huge comeback around for these two. I don't know how friendly they were, but he spoke very highly of him when he passed away. Aww. Well, I guess as we talk about the plot, we could talk about more stuff, but I guess it's time for questions. Oh, you have questions for me? I have questions for you. Okay, let's let's go. Do it. So we just talked about the lead actor in this film. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How old do you think he is during the making of this, the release of this film? Okay. So Robert Forster, I'm going to say, that, okay, this is 1980. I'm going to say that Robert Forster was maybe about 50. I don't know. I could be wrong. I guess I am because you're laughing. He was 39. <gasps> he was 39? Mm-hmm. He's handsome, though. Okay, so the funny thing here is that this man is clearly balding. Yeah. And it was like a running thing. He's always had this hair and never hid it in any of the work he's ever done. Well, it seemed like he made jokes about it a lot. What, what is great, he actually started making his character make jokes about it. And the screenwriter loved it and changed the, the whole screenplay around to have characters talking about his hair. <laughs> and that's all because of him being so funny directors and people knowledgeable in the business said you know those hair jokes were pretty good you should leave them in the picture and so lewis t put back whatever hair jokes you will see you haven't seen the picture yet tonight have you no you're you're gonna see the picture in uh, minutes well the first hair joke uh, uh i and uh, and there were uh Probably more than uh, six or eight of them, but Lewis selected the best ones and put them in the picture until the very end. And those hair jokes, um, they certainly made many of the reviews of the movie. And I could not have been more uh, uh, delighted and uh, and confirmed. And uh, and I owe it to Lewis Teague to have given me the permission necessary to do those jokes. There's probably some that I don't remember, but uh, but the thing that I do remember uh, is that Stephen King said it was his favorite horror movie ever. That he was just making jokes about it. like, I mean, And he was like, yeah. I want to write this into the movie. Just be willing to embrace something like that and have fun with it. Yeah, because people are going to question that the front of his hair is completely missing almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he still, look, he still looks good. It's I mean, wild that he's 39. I mean, yeah, this is a Wilford Brimley situation where Wilford Brimley was only like 40 years old. Okay. He was like, in the thing. He was like 40 or 50 when he made Cocoon. Yes. Or something. Mm -hmm. And he looked like he was 80. I think Wilford Brimley always looked 80. He always did. And I would say the same thing goes here. Because the lead actress in this movie, who is also basically becomes a love interest. How old do you think she is? Oh, Lord. Okay, so if I'm going by movie timelines, because this the time jumps 12 years from when she's a kid, there's no way that she could be more than 24 years old. She was 28 in real life. She was 28 in real life. Yeah, so. this actress's name is Robin Riker, and not in much, although being 
very likable in this film. And I would say that she captivates. She's like got a sexiness going on to her in this movie where you just kind of like the fact that there's a romance here. Yeah, she's really pretty and her character's sweet. So it's very shocking to see that she didn't do a lot of other things. She did a lot a lot of bit work in TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she she was really cute in this. I, I mean I liked her. Yeah. She's really pretty. So what's well, the next question? Oh. What where do you think this movie takes place? All right. Well, I think they want you to think that it takes place. I mean, there's a city, but it doesn't really appear to be a big city. No, this is a... He, there's mess-ups all over this film about I mean, this, because I don't think the movie knows where this takes place. They also show the suburbs, too, so I, I'm a little confused. I'm going to go ahead and say it's upstate New York. It's Chicago. Okay. You know, the famous place that alligators exist? <laughs> Hi. Are we live on this thing? I believe so. Oh, nice. You're very pretty. But uh, we're here to talk about alligators. Well, look, alligators respond to sound. They talk to each other, call each other. Listen. What's that? That's the distress call of a young gator that's still his mother. Do they have a love call? Your alligator is a very romantic creature. It gets the itch come spring. And it'll give up with a sound, something like this. <laughs> and that will attract another alligator? Well, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm counting on it. <laughs> but, okay. Can we start talking about this movie? The because cold that weather. Would, the opening of this movie would definitely say otherwise. Yeah, we got to talk about that, too. Where does this movie open? Okay, so we open on a fair. Like, okay, it's not a fair. I'm sorry. It's, it's a, it it's looks a, like Gator World it looks from like, Florida. It does look like Gatorland. It does. And Gatorland is here in Florida, and I've never even... We're in never, Florida, guys. How you doing? They know that. But we've <laughs> never been to Gatorland, ever, because we're like, we see gators are a dime a dozen here, you know? So, like, whatever, gators. But... But, it, but it, I will point this out. For people who don't live in Florida, have never been to Florida, there's a an idea that gators are all over the place. Not really. In my lifetime, I have seen maybe in the wild, just walking around or on the side of the water, maybe six or seven. Well, if you're driving on Alligator Alley, you'll see them just, you know, walking kind along the, the side there. Yeah. But um, otherwise, it doesn't you got to see that much, like, at zoos think. or... Gator Golf in Orlando or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they're there and probably certain kinds of areas more. We live out here in the swamp, yeah. you know, and, and never have I experienced that many. At my work, there is an old, there's a swamp behind there, and there was one in there. And I had seen them a couple of times, but hmm. never, never just walking around. They're not just sitting in the street like you think. You know, I just got to get that out there because there's a weird misconception about Florida. Yeah, well, this movie opens in a place where you would think it's like Gatorland. So they're showing a, a guy alligator wrestling, which I'm going to start out by saying this right off the bat, right out of the gate. It's my uh, thing now. Right yeah. from jump, that if you are an animal lover, this yeah. movie is probably not the movie for you. Caution. Um, Because... This movie opens flat out with a guy wrestling an alligator. And here's the thing. I feel like if you provoke an animal deliberately, 
then you're going to get what you deserve. Yeah, I agree with this. And you should not poke or prod an animal that you know is uh, aggressive Ever. or, you know, yeah. um, out in the wild. You should just don't, don't, don't do provoke it. an yeah. animal, don't period. scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. That you're just asking for trouble and it's, it's just not, it's not right. So. There's something cruel about that alligator wrestling. Oh, I think so too. 100%. And I'm like, it's kind what are you of doing like, to this animal? A lot of the time you, I hate. I'm not that kind of person that's like, oh, I'm more for animals than human beings. I know human beings can be scumbags, but I don't want to see a human being get hurt. But then when you see a human being taunting a, a creature, mm -hmm. you kind of like, eh, it's justified. Yeah. I mean, you know? what, what do you think is going to happen, you know, if you just, if you're, if you're out in the, the wild and you're, you're throwing rocks at a freaking lion, what yeah. do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen if you're, you know, trying to tame a cobra you think you're not gonna get freaking bit in the face like stuff like that like come on you know like yeah. alligator wrestling is stupid number one what are you doing but anyway so it opens this movie opens with the alligator wrestling and the alligator just fucking you know goes to town and chews up this guy and i hate to say it but he deserved it you know I he does it. he does he deserved it so this happens in front of a crowd of hundreds of kids and and their parents and the kids are screaming and whatever. Well, naturally. Naturally. But naturally, the main character is like, I want an alligator now. Yeah, so it's a very strange situation. It kind of like, there's like a segue from the screaming and the blood and the gore to this little girl. Her mother's actually buying her a baby alligator. I'm like, I don't and know. They, they don't seem that, like they want to, but they are. No, they, they don't seem like they want to at all. But after having seen what I just saw, this guy getting like chewed in half... I would not want to buy an alligator. In fact, I would probably get up out of my seat, get in my car, and never look back. You'd be terrified at that age. Why would they hang around? They hang around at the alligator wrestling. Yeah. Okay. So much that the guy selling them is like, it's okay. He won't hurt you. Yeah, he's, he's just, just a baby. baby. Hey, just a baby. Just a baby. What about when he grows up? I'll give it to a zoo. Make yourself a cute one, honey. Go ahead. They won't hurt you. They're tender little babies. Come on. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. I'll call him Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, let's go, honey. None of this scene will scream out like, oh, this is Chicago. Like, it screams out like you're in Ocala. And that's a city in Florida that's like... Yeah. Um, Maybe the they sticks. drove in from out of state to go to, like, Disney or something. Right. Maybe they live on a state outside of Florida. You know? Right. Not Chicago. Yeah. Like, where are they coming from here? Naturally, they buy this little little baby gator. Now, naturally, the next thing is you name this gator Ramon. Ramon. It's, it's you know, a classic family name. And I would have said that I, I'm. we should have opened this by saying that this is the nice, beautiful story of Ramon. Ramon. A gator who just wants to live. He does. He doesn't want to be bothered. Yeah, and you know what just the worst part eat. about that is? You know, this little girl has Ramon for one day, and her father just yeah, we goes, don't even know fucking ape shit. Yeah, you know what's funny too is they go out of their way to tell you it's like 1968 in this scene by playing um, a news report on the riots that are happening in '68. Mm -hmm. I just love that they did that to background noise the scene where this father comes home and just freaks out. That yeah. they that he's mad about his daughter and this gator apparently pooping everywhere. It's by the way, 
a tiny little finger sized. Okay, gator. but first of all, I mean, it, is it everywhere? Really? Are I don't you know housing what it, a Rottweiler? Like, where's a poopy? This morning, hundreds of rioters disrupted the 1968 Democratic Convention, clashing with Mayor Daley's police force late last night. Hundreds were injured, and traffic has been A dinosaur? Come on. Like, no, it, it's a tiny little alligator. So, like, it would be like a pebble. Yeah, so he like freaks out. He gets pissed off and he's like, I'm gonna kill this thing. And of course, you know. So mad. It, he flushes this alligator down the toilet. What is what is this gator doing to this prick? Like, I don't know. What? I, I'm just like, guessing that they're saying that, oh, he's a dad, so he's a drunk asshole and he just got home from work and he's gonna take it out on his kid. That's you exactly know, what every... I'm getting from it, because there's no rhyme or reason yeah. to why he gets so mad and just throws this alligator in, in the toilet. And then he tells his daughter, oh, you know, he, he died. He just didn't make it. The dead okay. be dead. Well, we don't even know. We never hear we about never it We never hear there. about it until um, later. No. She says he he didn't, he didn't died, and, you know, that was it. She came home from school one day, and he was dead. Interesting. I, I was going to say that, uh, that deadbeat dads of the 70s t- movies... Movies from the 70s with these deadbeat dads. It's so weird. All the dads are just either really pissed off and stressed at their kids or they don't exist in these old movies. But yeah, that's exactly what happens here. And that's it. This guy flushes the, the gator down the toilet and we follow it into the sewer system. Yeah, and so but they cut through all that stuff. Like she, she supposedly doesn't even know. I guess she just comes home and he's gone one day. Um, yeah, we don't even know. they told her that he died. We already uh, kind of... We already kind of spoiled the lead because, yeah, this alligator and this girl have an attachment throughout the entire movie. I mean, yeah. Although it's never, ever said out loud. It's just basically hinted at. It's just hinted at. But, yeah, so he, Ramon, we will talk to, we'll talk about the alligator as Ramon because he is Ramon. He ends up in the sewer. He ends up in the sewer, but the best part about this situation is, okay, fine, he ended up in the sewer, no big deal. How does he get to be the size of a freaking huge T-Rex? Yeah. Well, we find out, so we, we get um, a cut to this this actor's name, okay, his name is Sidney Lasik. He's a pet store owner in this. He's in so many movies. Yeah. He's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, That's Don't Tell the big Mom, one Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. yeah, he plays um, Franklin in Don't Tell Mom, Babysitter's Dead. He was in, um, what else was he in? Carrie. He, he's in like a lot of movies, this guy. He has a huge resume. Um, and he plays a pet store owner in this. And apparently he's working for this company called Sleed Pharmaceuticals. And what they do is they're a lab that test their products on stray dogs. So like I'm telling you, if you guys love animals and you don't want to see any of this stuff, well, you, you might want to skip this movie because they are doing testing of their pharmaceuticals on, on dogs and the dogs are not making it through these trials. And what they're doing is they're hiring this actor, Sidney Lasik, to dispose 
he's his job is to find the stray animals, bring them to the lab, and then when they don't work out, we'll just say that, um, he disposes of these animals in the sewer. Which is so crazy, because why wouldn't they just cremate these animals, which is what the guy says later on that they do. Right. Why wouldn't they? There's no trace. No, I don't understand that. What they're doing is, as a company, they're kind of leaving it open for someone to find these animals, like being in the sewer. Yeah, you and know? why even why even hook up with an idiot, like a like right. a, a pet store owner? I mean, because can get he can get them the animals, but yeah. why they give him next to dispose of them? You think they would have another guy who does that? For That's them. true, especially a huge company like Slade Pharmaceutical. Yeah, it is very strange. It is, and we got to talk about how we learn all of this. We learned this because our main character, the, the uh, who's a cop in this film, um, he comes into the, the the pet store to get mm-hmm. a new dog. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught this, but everybody in this movie is connected. Mm-hmm. It's a weird connection movie that doesn't really make sense and is not really explained. He's looking for a new dog because his dog was taken. He had a mm-hmm. dog that went missing at a supermarket. Which might be a reference to, and then the the guy, when he tells the pet store owner this, he makes a face like he might know. Yes. That he might be the one who stole this guy's dog and gave it to this company. It's possible, but then he does make a reference that, you know, there's a cop that came into the store. He might be on to me. He started to get a little nervous. Um, So I feel like, yeah, it could be connected. It It is. They're basically saying that's what happened. He took his dog. It's in the weird background. It's not like, it's not, it's not explained. It's no. just like, oh, if you're paying attention, maybe this guy's connected to this, and this is how it all came together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's a, he's looking into his case is looking into, I guess they found, in the sewer uh, system they're catching uh, the ant like dead things, you know, at the, um, the waste disposal. Mm-hmm. So um, the sewage plant is getting bodies. Yes. So they actually got a dead animal. And there was a woman who said her pet went missing, and it, apparently this this dog that they found, it looks the right color, the right markings, everything about this animal looks exactly like her dog, except it's grown ten times. Yes, the dead body. So we this. can figure out like what's going on here is that the fact that they were pumping these animals full of who knows what kind of drugs and testing on them that they were kind of, um, I guess. They were mutated to the yeah. fact he's that he's basically giving them hormones that are yeah. making them like bane monstrosities, right? <laughs> and and this is really great is they find a body part from a human being. Uh, they basically find a body, pieces of it, anyways, and they don't know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And it they think it is, and this is one of my favorite jokes, and this is like a running thing in this movie too of making nods to other movies and shows and properties. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But they decided to have the corpse that shows up, a part of it anyways, could be a sewer worker named Ed Norton. (laughs) Edward Norton worked for the sanitation department for 25 years. Have you identified the other victim? And what do you know about him? Which, if anybody doesn't know, Ed Norton is the... uh, the one of the second the one of the main characters from the Honeymooners television show where he was a sewer worker. Yes. So funny. they're basically saying that Ed Norton from the Honeymooners was now just killed by an alligator in the sewers. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're finding 
um, body parts down there from this guy. And then when Robert Forster, who is Detective Madison, he he's talking to the coroner and the coroner's like, well, you know, this is a little strange. I, I have a toe at the, the morgue. <laughs> he's like, I have a toe at the morgue. Yeah. And Robert Forster's like, well, that's going to be a little coffin. Well, yeah, because he said, like, what? Um, he said, yeah, he goes, uh, we just had a funeral and all we had was a toe. <laughs> and he goes, wow, must have been a small coffin. <laughs> oh um, it, it's great. His uh, one-liners are so good in this movie. But but because he gave, uh, basically, is looking around and got a new dog and basically interrogated the pet store owner, he um, that owner went back to the laboratory and basically told the scientist that he's working for that this is, uh, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And this leads him to just tell him, we need dogs. Yeah, we need more dogs. Like I'm sorry, know. puppies. Puppies, yeah. Because we have to make this more cruel as much as possible. Puppies. Yeah. Get it, me it's, puppies. It's and so sad. this leads this character to go dump the... And he's freaked out. Now he's uh, also maybe a suspect. At least he thinks he is. So he goes and runs off to dump more bodies in the mm-hmm. sewer. And this leads him, because he's an idiot... He's just throwing the bodies down a hole and then he sees that they're getting snagged and they're mm-hmm. starting to be like piling up. So he's like, damn, I got to get these in there. So this idiot goes all the way down there to basically get in the muck of dead dogs and sewer Yeah. to push these out more. And how much is he getting paid for this? It's, I mean, there's no way I would do any of this shit. It's so gross. Yeah. So like, yeah. So he's dumping these, these bodies down there. And, um, and so he, he gets, he's got, he has to go down there to unclog the bodies that are getting stuck. And obviously a monster gets him. So Ramon eats, eats him and he's done. <laughs> well, and which is another leg washes up into the uh, sewer system thing. Yes. And, and clothing and clothing. Cause he wears has these, a pant Hawaiian, leg on it. these Hawaiian shirts he wears. And, uh, you know, he looks like Dennis Nedry from... <laughs> the Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> so, like, he has, um, so just his leg washes up. And then Robert Forster. He, yeah, he basically puts it together that does. it might be him because yeah. he remembers the outfit. Uh-huh, it was like yeah, he knows a Hawaiian outfit. And he says, there might be something to this. You know, I might have been onto something. So he goes to a, a, the local science place where we know that the bad guy works. And he goes to interrogate that guy that works there. And of course, that guy has all the answers. But. The guy makes himself such a suspect. I mean, he does. He really does. He seems like automatically that he is a bad guy because he's not asking like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm intrigued. You know, what What do you find? Have you found an animal that's at a, you know, like bigger size? Yeah. He's not asking that. He basically is just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Nothing. Like, and then he's making faces and he's ju- he's just like, um, you're, I'm busy. Like he can play dumb. He just chooses not to. Yes. It's weird. Like, he just he just volunteers information. And it was like, okay, you're working for this big company who's doing illegal experiments on dogs, uh, on animals, and dumping them in the sewer where this mutant alligator is feeding on them. And because the, the um, animals are pumped full of all of these chemicals and whatever... They actually mutated this yeah, alligator. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why the alligator is actually mutated. Yeah. Because he's, he's been feeding. Huge. Off, I, he's 
mutating because he's eating the mutant genes of these things, these these extreme hormones that are yeah. Being who knows what they're putting in these animals? So of course that's happening to the alligator too. I, but this is twelve years. So twelve years. An alligator's years, been yeah. living in a sewer for twelve years. Now I would say that this alligator might have grown to be albino. Yeah. Because he's not seeing sunlight. There's no sunlight down there. And I didn't know, I don't know if, I don't really know anything about alligators, but like, can they survive down there eating um like dead animals? I don't know what the lifespan of an alligator is, but I would think that he would have needed some kind of sunlight or fresher water or some sort. He probably could survive. This could be a possibility. There's always that running joke that this basically is from that in New York there's like alligators because of all the people are flushing alligators. They always say those alligators down in the sewer because of this. So the possibility is maybe. Well, I mean, he could be eating dead rats or, you know, rats in general or whatever. Another explanation also can be because of the hormones that he's eating that he is, it's prolonging his life or making him something else. Yeah. Because he is eating all these genetic things that are changing his body yeah but so weird because these these experiments have killed these dogs and you're thinking like okay he's eating these dogs how was he how did he survive when he was littler like when he was like tiny well i guess we can write that off that he needs revenge yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to make some logic out of ramon this. <laughs> well there is no lot ramon needs revenge i i think that he's basically living his life thinking about the day that he can get revenge on everybody and you know he knows about all them so he's been keeping logs and notebooks yes he has yep he He knows everybody yep he knows everyone at slade pharmaceuticals and he's coming for you motherfuckers he's coming he is coming for you (laughs) he is coming i mean this is chicago the big question here is how does ramon survive when winter comes true because alligators can't survive in winter listen What's that? That's the distress call of a young gator that saw his mother. That's true. Yeah. Chicago does have cold winters. And the reason I brought up the fact that it's supposed to be Chicago, it's amazing because we find also license plates washed up into the uh, sewer thing that they make mention of that say Missouri. Oh, shit. (laughs) And also our lead character is driving a car with Missouri plates. Oh, okay. And also... Well, later on in this movie, when they pull out a map, it's L.A. <laughs> it is. Yep. So nothing they makes any sense. They here. don't think anyone's really truly paying attention, but they have never met us. There's one thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and there's also one other thing you definitely need to pay attention to. Is this movie Jaws? Yes. Yes. 100. <laughs> 100%. So It's Jaws, except Quint here isn't likable. No. No. And also, if you ever not. wondered if you ever had fan fiction about your lead characters, Brody, and uh, your other lead character played by Richard Dreyfus having a sexual relationship, that this movie does that. They make the scientist the female character. Mm-hmm. So that can happen. Yeah, it because, can happen. Because uh, Robert Forrester, did I say it right this time? Okay. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I never say it right. Uh, he. He is the cop. So he is Chief Brody. And yes, he also, is. he's from out of town. Sure is. He's had a very bad run of luck with um, his his job back... back over, Where was he? In Missouri? He had a um, a bad run of luck. Is he? As, I thought he was in L.A. 
Was he in L- Oh, maybe it was LA. Because apparently what we find out is that he he basically left his old police job because his partner was killed in a um, some kind of robbery or something. But he couldn't get the guy in time and he had shot his partner and killed him. And it's kind of like stuck with this guy that his partners die. Yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, but and That's kind of what happened to Brody. Brody yeah. kind of had a bad experience as a city cop. And he mm-hmm. went and basically fled to an easier cushioner job, you know, cushion job in a small town. Yeah, so this is pretty much that situation. Although this is not that it's small not of a town. A small town, but um, you know, he was just same situation. Hi, are we live on this thing? I believe so. Oh, nice. You're very pretty, but uh, we're here to talk about alligators. Where we leave off on the the plot here is that so. Bottom line is the Slade Pharmaceuticals, they're doing terrible things. But the the craziest thing about this is like, like you said, I don't understand why they didn't just burn the bodies. That's stupid. It's, it's really odd because that's what the guy told um, uh, our main character. What's his name again? Um, Detective Madison. Madison. Basically, he tells him that we, all the dogs here, we cremate them. Yeah, he lied about that. Because we can't. We can't have uh, the toxic uh, the tests on these animals like affect anything. Mm-hmm. So we make sure we dispose of it 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's logged. He also tells... Uh, he also notices that there's no no animal noises in this place. Oh, God. Okay, again. It's just to double down on how cruel everything is in this movie. He tells us that they have... When they the dogs come in, they cut their... La- their the larynx. Larynx. Yeah. So they can't bark. And then we have to see one dog... Like struggling. It's so terrible. Okay, terrible. This movie, like I said, I, again, is not for animal lovers. But so Robert Forster's like, okay, this guy's a little shady. He's a little sus here. But he's like, since these body parts been washing up, we're, I'm going to go down in the sewer. But I need to take someone with me. So obviously, no one at the police station believes him that there might be something down there. The only reason, too, the only reason that everybody doesn't believe him is they did a press conference where uh, there's an asshole reporter who points out that his partner had died in this previous thing, which leads him on television to basically, he says, I can't answer any questions. So I never understood police, uh, these conferences. Like, there's because no reason. have no reason because we can't give you information because we could be ruining a, cr- a criminal You're in the case. middle of an investigation. Exactly. You can't give information like that. But this guy, this guy's a real asshole. This reporter who, is a, he's a bad guy. He purposely points out that he is, his partner had died before and then he's linking that somehow. Yeah. And also. It's like a shit starter. There's yeah, always a shit starter reporter in these movies, you know? Yeah, they're asking, is it a serial killer? And they say, no, we there's no evidence of that and so the next day in the newspaper they say slains like uh different slayings yeah so like they make it seem like they're like it is a serial killer there's a serial killer out there because they're finding body parts wash up so that connects to him asking the cops for someone to help him in the sewer because he thinks there's something in the sewer that might be doing it because the bite wounds and everything are starting to make him question is it an animal which Makes him go to, uh, I don't know if it is, uh, if that, that happens, but it does make him question. So he's like, we have to go check out these sewers because yeah. there's, things are washing up. So there might be something in the sewer. But when he goes to the talk to the cops, none of the cops want to work with him because of this press conference, because they are all know now that his partner has been killed. Yeah. And so, so they're all like, 
weirded out. There's this one guy, he's a police officer, and he's like, oh, I'll go down there with you. And so he takes this rookie, which obviously we know that he's, <laughs> I guess he's the, exp he's the red shirt. He's the red shirt. He's the expendable. Which is a shame because he's kind of likable. I mean, he kind of is. You know, he's funny. He's like a, he's a smart ass. And he also tells him that, well, basically he says, why did you come with me? When no one else would. And he goes, it's all locker room talk. I don't really take stock in that. I can stick up for myself and make my own judgments. Mm -hmm. So it's automatically a moment where you're like, oh, these two characters are going to get yeah, along. Yeah, like they might be, be friends. And maybe this is going to be your Richard Dreyfuss character. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. No, so unfortunately, he, it does not they happen. They go down to the sewer, and they are just running around trying to find something, anything. And they actually come face-to-face -face with Ramon. And when I say face-to-face, -face, he opens his jaw and is ready to swallow both of them until they run away. And they actually find a sewer, what do you call it, a manhole to like try and get out of. And they're crawling up the, the pipes and whatever, trying to get out of there. And Ramon comes through the pipe and takes this motherfucker. You question it because they book and Ramon is still keeping up with them. No, he's fast. Ramon is a is a beast, okay? Yeah. He is a mutated beast and he is he's ready to go. Yeah, he's just ginormous. So he takes out the freaking rookie. Yeah, unfortunately, Robert Foster was the one up in the manhole the farthest. And he was underneath him. And so he couldn't get out of the manhole. He couldn't lift it. Right. So then, but the, that, that just leads me to the question, like, how does he end up? Okay. He ends up in the hospital right after this scene. And well, yeah, basically we have this cool shot of him yelling at the guy's name and it's just echoing now. Yeah. So, but like, I'm, I'm guessing somehow he gets out of this sewer. Okay. He gets out. I don't know how. He ends up in the hospital and he's screaming out alligator, alligator. And according to the nurse, that's the last thing he yelled before he, like, passed out, I guess. And they brought him to the hospital, and I don't even know if he's hurt or anything. Maybe he just had shock, but... You, and you would also think, did he go down the manhole cover? Did he open the manhole cover? Because, first off, I would have broken my back trying to get out of that thing if that thing was coming out. Yeah, me. for real. Um, But it, it it's... I would have liked it if they said it's been 24 hours that he's been missing because this would have gave into the stress and the uh, exhaustion to make him pass out and be found. Yeah. Because if he was forced to go back down the manhole cover, the terrifying experience of trying to get out of there alive, mm -hmm. or did he pry open after hours of maybe hurting himself, getting this thing open, did he get out to the street and pass out and people saw him? This would have been nice to be given some of this information yeah, they because just kind of cut over waking it. up in a hospital bed is odd yeah they cut over it so we're like okay he, he somehow got out of that situation i don't know how but it doesn't matter um and then he goes to see well well before that the police chief comes in the hospital room and he's like telling him he's like there's a goddamn alligator the size of you know a buick down there and it, it took my it took the guy away it took the rookie away he's gone and the police chief is you know of course police chiefs are like never believing anything that you say if you were in chicago and you heard it was an alligator in the sewer you probably wouldn't believe it either yes but this guy is a very credible guy i mean he's a smart guy he's not a looney tune why wouldn't you believe him he saw him get dragged off like come on why would he make this shit up well it's he's so stupid he is one of those cops in movies where 
the the chief of police always have to argue with because he's like, you got to stop. Don't curse during the meeting. Watch your mouth. You are late. Oh, that well, happens he's a every hothead. He's here. a hothead. There's he's always a hothead the, the police. Cop. Yeah, there's always yeah. a cop that's like, you know, a hothead. He doesn't follow the rules, that kind of thing. I always think of uh, Sora married an axe murderer where he, uh, where the chief of police is really nice. And he's like, can you just be like one of the movies for once? Can you just go out of your way? and be like rude to me and like yell at me and push me and maybe we can feel like this is more of like a cop because and then later on in the movie he keeps doing it you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah I, I love that scene i um, love that movie I, I think about that every time in every movie that i've seen where there's a chief of police being a jerk but yeah this guy uh he's not a bad i wouldn't say that the by the way the chief of police is played by an actor that was in godfather 2 yeah, he's got some freaking pair of eyebrows on his head. Hey, he's also got a voice like this. I got the alligators in there. It's not even close, by the way. We're not... And I think you're being a little bit belligerent, Madison. It's, our impersonation is terrible, but it, it is. is at least gruff enough. You gotta face the music. Jesus, don't you want a razor? I was in a hurry this morning. In a hurry? Christ sakes, you are half hour late. So yeah, uh, my favorite part of this scene is that the reporter just shows up in the doorway smoking a cigarette and he's like, I'm in your room and there's yeah. nothing you can do about so, it. Yeah. Can I make a, a, a point? First of all, the eighties are fucking whacked out, man. Whacked out. Like, first of all, you can smoke in a hospital in the eighties. And secondly, after Robert Forster runs out of the hospital and he's trying to get some answers about the alligator, this fucking reporter goes up to the nurse's station and the nurse gives him private patient confidentiality yes. <laughs> information. Like, without even money. Without just, like, here you go. Now, oh, yeah. I'll tell you everything. You want to know his blood type? Do you want to yeah, know yeah. his shoe size? Yeah. Do you want to know his social security gyne- number? He's got a problem with gyneria, too. Oh, my God. I put that in the newspaper. Like, oh, my God. I've never seen anything. Like, I guess in the 80s, they didn't have patient confidentiality. Apparently not. literally, this nurse is just telling this fucking reporter everything. And I was like, oh, my God, I'd beat her ass. Well, what kind of dreams? Well, he was out on meds most of the time that he was here. What are meds? Medication. Mm. He kept coming up with some garbage about alligators in the sewers. Alligators in the sewers? Yeah. Yeah, but I love that the, the, the reporter comes in and he's like, you got another, and he's taunting him. You lost another partner. Now, I cannot believe that this scene doesn't have him punch the reporter. You know, I would... A character he, like Robert Forster in this movie yeah, would actually punch him. He, he is... This guy already pointed out that he lost a partner before, and now mm-hmm. he's pointing out that he just lost another guy. He just saw this guy die. This kid. This There's poor one kid, kid yeah. that actually went with him when no one else would. Yep. And so... This should weigh a lot. Maybe your insensitivity, yeah, you know, deserves a fucking up. smack. Yeah. You know, Seriously. Like, get the hell out of here. And what bothers me is the chief of police never does anything about it. And you know what the reporter actually says to him? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Like, yeah, he right. says that to the chief of police. Like, and this chief of police, I would jack him up by his freaking collar and be like, fuck off, get out of here. Yeah. But no, he doesn't. So the next move that Robert Forster makes because he's freaking out and he knows what he saw um, he goes to the college where our character uh, Marissa works. Now, this yeah, I is... think he's, it's suggested to him to go to talk to her mm-hmm. because she's supposed to be the number one in the area of uh, reptiles and reptiles. things like that. Which, you know, when you're a reptile expert 
and your mm -hmm. first thing you say is someone asks you about snakes being poisonous and you say yes they're poison no, some snakes aren't poisonous you already know that she's not that much of an expert because they're actually venomous yes yeah yes so you know they didn't really they didn't do yeah. any research on Just that dialogue funny right there yeah. that your number one expert is already getting things a little messed up yeah but, but she's so cute though so it doesn't matter she is a very likable character yeah so he goes to her and he's trying to figure out you know um the facts of alligators and things like that they have a meat cute they have a meat cute and so they right off the bat they kind of like each other it's kind of cute um and um, so she's giving him all the facts on, like, you know, what an alligator does, what, what the alligator can survive on. But out and out, you know, she says it to him. It's There's no way that that alligator could survive down there with no sunlight. Yeah. There's just no way. And uh, then he's like, well, what if there, what if there's animals down there that he can feed on? And then he starts putting, like, two and two together that maybe he's the size that he is because he's feeding off of these body parts of these dogs that were jacked up with freaking pharmaceutical yeah because he tells her it is huge and mm -hmm. she's like that's impossible not only is it not possible that he could survive down there mm -hmm. but also the, that size has never been that's not heard of right right so i mean here you go with your jaw stuff I it, mean, is, it is yeah. very it's it's funny like everything like kind of reminds you of jaws purposely yeah. i know that's what they're doing on purpose it's a play-by-play -play of jaws but like you know, he's trying to figure everything out put piece you know the pieces together which really this is not a very intellectual movie it's it's supposed to be like jaws where yeah you're just gonna wait for the carnage to happen <laughs> and um yeah, i guess so i i kind of like that though well and again, too, being Jaws, they made an animatronic here, and this thing was also breaking down just like Jaws. Yes. So this thing was never working. And what's funny here is I feel like I see it more because I think they use practical effects more than anything else here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, miniatures with a yeah. gator walking around in miniatures, or they make things like the, the, the sewer system or whatever. Everything's like shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's really cool looking. I actually really kind of like it. I don't know. There's something quaint about it that just makes me always smile. Yeah. 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 So um, then we find out that. So I guess the breaking point for the police is that the reporter, the asshole dick reporter, he goes down to the sewer because he wants to know. Because he was the, given the information by that nurse. That nurse. She basically says yes. that he came out of the sewer. I heard him talking about it. he was in the sewer system and it was dead animals down there. And she, he's saying he saw a gator. Yeah. So he goes down there with his camera and he's trying to capture whatever's down there. So he's taking photos and all of a sudden, yeah, bye, Ramon gets him. So then, you know, his body parts are washing up too. So obviously something is going on down there. Um, so what Robert Forster does is he arranges for the police to send a SWAT team. Well, it's only because they find the camera. They do find the camera. And they did, and just like in Jaws, they, uh, they show the they pictures, show of the the pictures which is the <laughs> mouth of the animal. Yeah. And so which like, is the face. And this one is yeah. way better. They actually, she, you can see that it's a gator. I mean, and, it's clearly. In Jaws, yeah. it's very hard to make out what it exactly it is. Yeah. But in here, it's full gator face. And they put it yeah. right on the newspaper. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. So they, so and they also say the news reporter might have been killed, or was killed was because murdered. I think they found murder, yeah, yeah, by an alligator in the sewer. Right. So then, so then he sends a whole SWAT team of you know guys down there to try and find this thing. And obviously, Ramon just doesn't want to play today. He just doesn't. So they come out 
clean. There's nothing. Oh, you know, this is false alarm. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Well, we have to point out two other things because this is Jaws and it's also kind of a setup to the ending of the movie. But the mayor is involved and the mayor wants it hush-hush. Very, very similar. Mm -hmm. But even more is that he is friends with the pharmaceutical company guy. Of course he who is. Who is a heads up, the head up uh, pharmaceutical guy who the scientist is working for. There's an entire scene about him yeah, he's slayed. I am the greatest, most feared, most nefarious, most ultimate supervillain the world has ever seen. I am slayed. He is slayed of yeah. slayed pharmaceuticals. He is the big guy. He's the slayed. one that's that's slayed. Wow. His name is really fun to say dramatically. Covering up these these testings, he's the one that's responsible for all of this. He's so funny. And the too, mayor the is in his pocket. Yeah. And also, am I wrong in thinking that his son-in-law? So his son-in-law, the future son-in-law of Slade, is the asshole scientist that keeps telling everyone that the animals are being cremated and it's very humane and whatever, whatever. He's the lead scientist in this whole thing, and he happens to be marrying Slade's daughter, which really has no relevance whatsoever, but that's just well, how they're connected. Kind of can, it's, it's important to point out for later. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Arthur. <laughs> Mary Ledoux. Uh, my future son-in-law, Arthur Hill. Oh, how do you do? Nice to meet you. Arthur is my number one boy. Oh. My number one boy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so the best thing is, so after, you know, they come out clean, the, the SWAT team guys, everything's fine. Well, no, no because they're like, there. Where, everybody's laughing. Where could this thing be? Yeah, How where could you not? Be? And I mean, he's pissed off. Because he's like, I don't know how this is possible. Where could it have gone? Yeah, you cannot get, you can't, you can't lose a gator that big. Cut okay. to down the street. All the kids are playing stickball. All the kids are playing stickball. All the kids <laughs> are having a good time until a friggin' alligator, Ramon, busts through the scene and comes right out of the sidewalk. It was amazing. This damn thing was hiding. And was like, shit, I gotta get out of Dodge because the cops are coming. Oh, yeah. And he booked out of a damn sidewalk. He's fucking smart, number one, because he's like, yeah, these guys are coming for me in my house. This, I gotta get out. This is where Ramon's got bloodlust. He's like, you know what? Uh, it's time. I have gotten to the right size. The cops are finally on to me. And now it's time to make my move. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta screw up this town because I'm mad. So well, the first thing he does take it anymore. is he causes a cop to crash into another cop car. We don't know where this cop car is going, by the way. Yeah, no. I no, guess but the kids crime. are running screaming. The kids are terrified. They're running screaming. There's tons of kids in the street. And they see this fucking thing. I'm like, I would be too. I'd be freaking out. Um, he the causes the cop to come out of his cop car into the street because it's on fire. And he just falls right into Ramon's mouth. It's so funny, it's too. It's a little chompy poo. He, crawl, he crawls out the window, and you're like, I'd rather just take my chances in the car. I'm like, no, either he burns to death or he gets eaten by an alligator. I think in this situation, I'd rather be in the car. I mean, no. Being chewed to death by a gator. Yeah, but here's the thing. He could have easily got out of that situation. He could have crawled out the window faster, but he didn't because he had a little bit of a chunk in his belly. He's a little bit of a chunker. I would have climbed on that hood. He couldn't do it faster. Right. He he could have like, you know, yeah, like um the what do you call them? The the Duke boys 
sliding into the window and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, he fell right onto his back. Yeah, and right into the alligator's mouth. And doesn't mouth. pull his gun out or anything. No, doesn't even try. And he then this just little lets boy thing eat him. is like staring at him. This little boy is like staring. He goes into a freaking building and he's staring at him through the glass window and he's just like just looking it's like uh hello can you try and help this guy or go get help or do something with yourself like he's just standing there this stupid ass kid and i was like oh my god this is amazing and then the alligator sorry ramon don't call him well an alligator. this entire plot was a kid goes and gets a knife and tries to get his mother to pay attention to him and yeah. to, uh, and then he runs outside with a butcher knife yeah but that goes nowhere to go well it does because um ramon makes his way out into the city and robert forrester and uh, the other character, the the scientist, mm-hmm. they're in their car and they they find this area and then they find out that this kid's like, I saw it. And he's in the street and they're like, you saw the whole thing? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, how big was it? Yeah, he says it was as big as a Buick. A Buick. And he goes, well, you know, without the tail, he's as big as a Buick. And yeah. they're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, they're like, holy shit. So then we see like an overhead. It's so funny too. The overhead shot of Ramon going into the water. It's all miniature. It's a teeny tiny like miniature set. You can tell that, you know, they put like a medium sized alligator in there, like a small one or whatever, and let him go into the water. And he just goes, boop, That's right so into cute. the water. It's really cute. I love it And so he much. like knocks over a little park bench when he's trying to get through. And it's like a little <laughs> miniature park bench. It was so cute. So he gets in the water. And this is the uh, continuing adventures of Ramon now torturing the city. Oh my God, Ramon is the best. They're setting charges. They start setting charges, like depth charges, in 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 the in this lake. And we now find out our Quint character has shown up because mm-hmm. it turns out the mayor and the chief of police have called in a hunter. <laughs> okay, he's wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> he's got a hunter outfit with a turtleneck. This actor, his name is Henry Silva. He passed away last year, unfortunately. He he was, first off, he is the voice of Bane on all of the cartoon series. He is? Yeah. He also was in Cannibal Run 2. Uh, he, uh, he is amazing. I guess we got to talk about him. He is straight up a scumbag. Now, where Quint was likable in the way that he just wasn't putting up with shit, this guy is like, I'm horny. Oh my god, he's so, he's pervy. He's very pervy. He's like hitting on the scientist girl, and he's like hitting on this female reporter. First thing off the bat, hi, um, my name is so-and-so. You're pretty. Yeah, he's like, well, aren't you a beautiful woman now? Who the hell are you? What are we talking like, about? Oh. So, of course, he's like a worm. Hi, are we live on this thing? I believe so. Oh, nice. You're very pretty, but uh, we're here to talk about alligators. Well, look, alligators respond to sound. They talk to each other, call each other. Listen. What's that? That's the distress call of a young gator that's still with his mother. Do they have a love call? Your alligator is a very romantic creature. It gets the itch, come spring, and it'll give up with a sound, something like this. And that will attract another alligator? Well, uh, I'm hoping so. I'm counting on it. They took um, the the our main character, Robert Foster's character, they took him off the case. 
Yeah. So he's not... Well, he's he, very upset. He's upset, but he's not going to stop. He's still going to try and get this thing. Well, he they because they put this hunter in charge, he's taken off the case. Well, that just leads them to go have sexy time. Oh, my God. But that's the perfect time to get naked, get in that bed, you know, and just get your frustrations out, you yeah. know? So... They, uh, the two of them go back to his house and they're just, you know. Uh, I love the flirting on. here is so fun. I wonder how much of it he made up on his own because yeah. it is just very blunt and it's very funny. He's like, I'd like to take you to dinner. And then um, I'm like, also the going to wonder is, so hard if you're going to come back to my place and we're going to spend the night together. He's like, and, I'm, <laughs> and the whole time I'm going to be worried. And I'm like, how much can I eat? Because I'm going to be worried about coming back with you. So I was just wondering. And then she's just like, oh, yeah. And he's like, she kisses him, and he's like, is that a, is that a yes? And she says, oh yeah. I mean, she likes him for a minute when, yeah. but I, it's, it's just like it's, the age difference is a little off. It's for me. really I wild mean, that this man, this woman's going for this man. She's young, but he's handsome, and he's kind I, I of like. No, he just looks like your father, like you know, like someone's father. He just looks yeah. like your father character. I like him. And I don't he's think likeable. he looks like that. I think he. Like, oh, he he does. He even dresses like it. He's got I that mean, one windbreaker on, and it, it just. Unreal. Well, I can tell you this about Robert Forster. He doesn't sport one turtleneck in this whole movie. He doesn't. He doesn't. But everybody's making jokes about his hair. And and she even does after sex. She's like looking at his hair and he's like he's like, Okay, here's a deal. Male pattern baldness. And I'm really sensitive about it, so let's never mention it again. I think that that scene goes on longer in the TV edit. In the TV edit, he's got a lot more to say. He's like, you know, someone told me I needed a wig today. Oh my god, he's so funny. Now, I just love it. We also now we got to go back into Ramon's rampage okay. because Ramon does some crazy, crazy okay. shit that we, you will yeah. never see in another movie again. We got to talk about this. Yeah, Ramon goes and hides in a swimming pool. Okay, but can can I just ask you a question and please tell me what day is it? That's a good question. Okay, because they're, they show us a house with children inside at a costume party. It seems like Halloween at this point. It cannot be Halloween by any stretch. It just doesn't, it can't It would be. also be cold. Yeah. So there's a little boy dressed as a pirate. And his little friends, of course, you know, they're playing games. And they got a, like a fake sword to his throat. And they're saying, walk the plank, which the plank is the diving board of the swimming pool and you can only imagine what happens here they pretend to like throw him overboard and you know he's walking the plank he slips and falls in and ramon fucking eats him and there's blood everywhere and this is wild because there are multiple versions of this because i i think this movie has a lot of mandela effect around it uh for one we both feel like we've done this podcast already on this ep- on this movie in particular. I feel like we have, yeah. and we we didn't oh. apparently. But there's a lot of scenes in this movie that I remember talking about, so it's very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, th- uh, this is a scene that I think is kind of debated. A lot of people wonder if they actually saw the blood. Did he kill this kid? And I remember very well. Oh, he that killed, he killed kid. this kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, on television, they edited the blood out. Oh. So you didn't know if he killed the kid or not. He clearly fell into the pool with the in the in, into his mouth. To make it more confusing, in the TV edit, there's another scene that was filmed where a woman is talking on a phone and puts her child, her baby, in a one of those uh, little bounce little, little like play little, pens yeah. in the backyard, and while she's doing the laundry, hanging the laundry, and she goes in to you know, grab the phone real fast, and Ramon is watching from the outside. 
the bushes. And when she comes back, the backyard has been ripped up and the baby's missing. Oh my God. And now what makes it confusing is this is a good edit because we all know the kid gets killed in the pool. So you feel like Ramon just ate a baby. Yeah. Well, she finds a, uh, the baby hiding under the clothes basket. Like Ramon has pushed him out of the playpen and into a baby bat, the basket of clothes. Oh my God. So the baby's fine in that, in that thing. So that might have confused a lot of people. Like, oh, I don't think Ramon really killed any kids. It's oh. it's like that Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Did Jason ever kill any kids in these movies? You don't really remember. You, you kind of just think that he did because it's always been at a camp. Yeah, you know? that's true. And he never has. But it's kind of like Ramon. Like, did he kill this kid? Yes. Ramon killed a child. He yeah. ate a child in a swimming pool. And you got to give a and film credit for any any film that will do that. And I know Jaws did it too. Jaws killed it, that Kittner boy. Oh, yeah. Put it on the list of things when I was a kid always made me look twice. It, mm-hmm. Of all the movies that I remember as a kid, like you, it's hard for you to go. Like you can't go in the attic because you're thinking of The Exorcist or something. You can't go uh, you in the shower because of Psycho, right? Yeah. You can't uh, Jaws. Like I'm not gonna get in the ocean because of Jaws. In this movie, when I was a kid, I always checked the swimming pool. Like I was scared to death. Well, of I can tell pools. you this right now. Before I sit down to pee, I check in the toilet because there's probably a freaking iguana. Sw- well, that's because you actually it. know people have had this yes, happen. Yes, my them. boss this happened to, and I cannot. I, I mean, I saw a picture of that thing. I, I would have just about died. You would have to pick up my freaking corpse off the floor because <laughs> I hate lizards more than anything. I hate lizards so much. Everybody should know that that knows me, and uh, I can't handle it. I lose my shit. So, yeah. You would literally, because you'd be on the I toilet. I would. I would be, yeah. My, I always look. I always look, and I never go to the bathroom. Hitting on an iguana's head would be kind of fun, funny in itself. Although it wouldn't be because the iguana's head is so close to your asshole. Oh, my God. I'm a, I can't sleep now. So, Stop. anyways. I'm uh, not going to be able to sleep. Yeah, this scared me as a kid. That's all I'm going to say is that swimming pools, this terrified me. It always made me think. No, I'm also thinking that it was a birthday party and that they just had a pirate theme. Maybe, no, they weren't all pirates. There well, was another kid inside dressed as something else. Really? Yeah, so it was Halloween. weird. Halloween. All right. I, I don't know if it's Halloween. I don't know what's going it's on. It's strange, but yeah, uh, th- that's not even the best scene in the movie. The best scene is to come. Where I must talk about this. I, have I to talk hope about it's Booger it. Alley. Is it Booger Alley? Oh my Alley? God. So they're hunting down this goddamn, this alligator, right? We got to talk about the guy talk, talks to the, the, the news reporter. Okay. Our, our hunter talks to the news reporter and gives an entire how to talk to gators. Okay. There's, we all know that he's fucked in the head. There's something wrong with this guy from... I mean, automatically, the way he's just so pervy and just, he's, he's, he's wearing a fucking turtleneck, okay? I told you. I told you about these turtlenecks. Psychos. It's it's definitely a problem. Uh, right? It definitely goes into it. It's on our list of, well, there's a, it's a turtleneck in a movie. It's going to be bad. This is the opposite. I, I, I think it's a turtleneck on a character. This character is a scumbag. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. So, yeah. Uh, after he talks to that reporter and does some great alligator work. With his mouth, uh, which is... Wait, how does he do? Yeah, no, he goes... <laughs> oh, it's unreal. I, I sound like I'm choking on something. And then she goes, will that really help? He goes, I hope so. Oh, my I God. I have to catch it. It's freaking well, psycho. He, he's so funny. Well, he goes... His hunt involves him going to the local convenience store and meeting three kids in the front and buying them beer... And then telling them 
to help him hunt down an alligator. And they said, well, how much is it? They're like, what for what? What are we going to do this for? And he's like, you get $10 a week each. And they're like, hell yeah. A week. A, a week? week? And then one guy goes, I want 20 Oh, my God. First of all, it's amazing in, in so many levels because, first of all, $10 a week he's offering these guys. Yeah. But how long is this hunt going to go for? This alligator is like dinosaur Well, they're going to hope it goes for two weeks. But you know what's funny about it <laughs> is they basically bring him right to an alley and they go, this is where he could be. It's called Booger Alley. <laughs> Call it Booger Alley. They said they heard heavy breathing. Where's it lead to? Let's out by the railroad track. And... <laughs> The best part is they're right. Ramon is hiding out in Booger Alley. And my favorite part of this is Ramon is just like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. This this bastard is smart. Because not only does he give a little bit of a shadow work, and then he get, he also does a little bit of a roar. He yeah, does some shadow work to tell him, I'm down in Booger Alley, dude. Come and get me. But what he also does next is cover himself in trash bags and hide. He does. He hid himself. He was waiting. Waiting. He was in waiting. In Booger for, Alley under trash bags. For the freaking hunter to come down there. You can just, I would love to see the off-camera stuff of Ramon going, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to oh get God. out of this thing. The best thing ever, hide. though. The best thing is that he just, he comes out, he's like, Rawr, I'm here. And the guys are shooting at him. But it, it, it doesn't matter if he's shooting at him. He just eats the hunter, but feet first, okay? Now, mind well, actually you, not feet first. In the is. first shot, he's sideways. In the second and shot, then he he's, becomes. He, Ramon threw him up in the air, apparently, and yeah, caught him and ate him a different way. <laughs> because uh, the other guys, the other guys are like, "Hell no, let's leave this crap." Oh, you know, they this ran asshole. like hell. They ran like hell. Well, which... one goes, "Oh man, I'm gonna go," and he went down the alley and mm -hmm. he tried to shoot. And help this guy. He did, but then he he didn't really stay around long enough. He's like, I'm out. No, because the bullet wouldn't fire. That's right. It, the gun went. The, the gun, gun jammed. jammed. So like, and then Ramon's they just show eating. like his, he's in the mouth, like and he's screaming, all saying, "Help the me!" The way me. in where his body, like his feet, at this point are in Ramon's butthole. Okay, yeah, that's how far in he is, and he's still screaming. And that and, was it. I mean, we have a point. I'm I cannot stress this enough, guys. Ramon is the size of a car. He like, is. He's the size of the family truckster yes. from vacation. And he hid himself under trash bags. The mound of trash bags must have looked like Fraggle Rock's uh, <laughs> trash heap character. Uh, what the hell did they... And then, I love that this guy went down. And this is a big fucking alley. It is a big alley. Booger Alley is huge. You have to be big to get down there. And he, he, he was big enough to you know hide himself but the best thing this is really this, called booger alley it was called booger alley it, it was, is yes right? they, they say it's booger alley <laughs> we kind of remember this forever yes booger alley the best the best thing about this what if bruce that, wayne's family was killed on booger alley oh my god they would never could you imagine that Are forever he would say my family was killed oh yeah the ones on booger alley <laughs> I think they just call it that because it's a disgusting alley with like trash everywhere. You, the movie theater that <laughs> opens up next to it in Crime Alley, it, it, if it was called Booger Alley, it should have been called the Pick and Flick. The <laughs> Pick and Flick. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, God. So Robert Forster learns of this um, murder. Ramon has killed the hunter, and he learns of this because the police chief tells him that there are body parts no, thrown everywhere. They're in a diner, the couple is eating Chinese food next to each other in the diner, and other cops come in, and he's been... We didn't say this. Uh, 
he got fired, right? Yeah, he got fired because the mayor wanted him out. Because he caused too much of a, of a pain in the ass with sending those SWAT guys down into the sewer with just, um, you know, wasting taxpayer dollars, sending them in there for no reason. It was just a, a wild goose chase. And yeah, he wasted we the might be off on money. this. He might have got fired later on, but I don't remember. No, he but got fired. These, he was uh, already fired. The cops come in and they go, so uh, the great white hunter was able to help to do anything incoming. And they're like, well, we just scraped him off Booger Alley. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, yeah, we just scraped him off. He's dead. We- How are you scraping him off? He was literally all the way in digested. the freaking well, mouth of Ramon. My th- theory on this is that Ramon spits out a lot of people. Uh, I mean, he. I think that he would maybe regurgitate his bones, but this is a this he, is a running joke. We got to point ate this him out fully in movies. One of the terrible tropes in movies is that creatures like alligators and stuff never want to stop feeding same thing with jaws usually they go into hibernation for a little bit they eat something a big meal mm-hmm. and they're not that hungry again in yeah. these movies these things always need to feed yeah they don't they're stop eating starving yeah and ramon has been snacking pretty well he just ate a child yeah he just had like oh that was an appetizer i guess that oh. may be i mean unless he'd spit out one of the legs you know oh. I, I, he's mm. always spitting out body parts he really is. never the heads no. But they, they say that he was scraped off Booger Alley. It was and amazing. so he's dead. And which leads uh, them to have a fight because, which is, I, I love this. There's so many things about this movie I love. We're joking around about it, but there's something about this movie that just works. They make the characters all feel real, especially our leads. Yeah. They actually feel like real people and they, they give them scenes that normal movies wouldn't do because they would think, what is this for? In this movie, they're they're doing those scenes to make it everybody feel real, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of that stuff. And what's really cool is that Robert Foster acts like an ass. Uh, did I say it right? Wrong? No, Robert Foster. He um, Forrester. Forrester. Mm-hmm. He says uh, basically, his girl. They're I guess they're together now. She basically says to him, "I'm sorry. I know how you feel." And he's like, don't, don't assume so fast, you know? And it's like that scene that's kind of needed to say like, he's going through some shit. He just lost another person because he couldn't stop this thing. And he feels his character has, you know, they actually gave him life because the character actually has like grief and loss and he's experiencing things. And it's not, you wouldn't be so perfect. Mm -hmm. And this character is not perfect. He's very flawed. And I, I really love that. It makes him feel like a genuine character, a real person living in this world. And they have a fight. She is very upset that he talked back to her like that, and she leaves him. Yeah. And he, you know, uh, realizes he's wrong later on and goes and ma- tries to make up with her and meets her mother. And she has an entire life, too. She has a mother that has some kind, kind of, of uh, like, dementia. Um, dementia, yeah. And it, there's a lot of stuff there, and it's not needed, but I, I, I love that they do it. They do humanize them a lot. And They're very humanized. I really like it a lot. Um, they have they have weight to yeah. the characters. It's in a movie that's silly, yeah. and you, you all, it almost works to its benefit that it blocks out how silly it is a lot of time. For some reason, the movie works in a way where you kind of feel, okay, I believe this. Yeah. And I love that. A lot of movies can't do that. A lot of movies make you go, oh, this feels fake. Yeah. But for some reason, some of these movies like this that gave, I especially think the 80s, 
is a great example of these movies that feel like this. There are a lot of these movies in the 80s, the characters just feel like real people. Yeah, they do. They always give them just a little bit of spice. And I think that happens a lot in this movie. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it really shows to the movie. And I think that's why I like it so much. But yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the two lead characters are so likable and, um, and funny. And I guess inadvertently funny. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, th- this movie is fun. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a, a ripoff of Jaws in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, well, Quint's um, dead. Unfortunately, Quint yeah. is not as strong. No. He, he's not really given a lot of scenes. He's not. He he's, And he's always a misogynistic asshole yeah. every time he's on scene. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Robert Forster, Detective Madison, he learns that he's been, uh, eaten. He's, the, the hunter's dead. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this once and for all. And he, you know, basically he, he gets, he goes in after, he knows he's fired, but he goes to the evidence room and takes the dynamite and a whole bunch of shit that's in the evidence room, um, at, at the police station. And he makes a bomb. But yeah, he's, we got to talk about Ramon that. is still missing, mind you. Yeah, he's just I think he's setting up and, and we, we talked about this a little bit off uh, camera while we were watching it. There is a, a, a scene in this that also gives the movie weight mm-hmm. where you're just seeing it like how the the city is being affected by mm-hmm. the idea of before they know it's an alligator. They think it's a killer at the police station before him and the other cop that helps him goes down there. We didn't talk about this, but. They, there's a guy who comes and threatens them because it's all over the news. So people, you know, the crazers are coming out. The crazers are saying, you know, I did it. I'm a part, I, I am the one to kill people. And he uh, goes to blow them up and he's really got a radio on himself. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of goes that weight of making people feel like there really things are happening in the world mm-hmm. because this could easily just jump scene to scene of the gator and give you a, just nothing but ridiculousness yeah just giving but, you like corniness but yeah. setting up like the world exists and showing you more about the cops and how they react yeah you kind of see how he is as a cop in the scene mm-hmm. and how he's kind of like willing to stop the situation with his you know his brain mm-hmm. in a way and also that the characters are all like okay the city's kind of unraveling now because of this this possibility of a killer but we, the reason I'm pointing this out is because he goes to the evidence room and finds sticks of dynamite. Now, I said the only way this really would have paid off is if that guy really did have dynamite on himself and they actually stopped a bomber. It would have been really cool to go to that why there's yeah. just a load of dynamite in the evidence room. It's just room. sitting there. Like, doesn't that stuff, like, if it's sitting too long in, like, a, a you know, not a well-ventilated place, it's kind of, like... has done something bad to you. Yeah, well, it's that's the, glis- a, the glycerin. That's only if it's in the heat you got for some, a very long time. You got some arts on you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it one day, guys. I'm oh, going to go back God. to that. Um, yeah, that... Uh, so that would have made that scene... a. It would have paid it off. There would have been like a, a setup and payoff mm-hmm. to the fact that they stopped a bomber and then they had the dynamite. Instead, he just randomly gets it. And I said, mm-hmm. God, they could have just fixed that with that one scene of that guy and the threat and everything like that. They yeah. would have made it stand out. But yeah, uh, yeah he just randomly starts uh, getting an arsenal. But he needs her because she can help locate him. Yeah, which is a little odd because... Anyone with common sense knows that if you think about an alligator and where they usually migrate to, it's water. And 
she doesn't really give a whole lot of input of well, where Ramon could be. It's like, oh, he'll just he'll navigate towards water. Okay, thanks. So all the police, you see all the police boats going up and down the canals and stuff trying to find him. And they do find him in one of the canals. And they start shooting at him. And there's a whole big scene of just like Ramon just devouring each of them. And, uh, boats, funny ass shit, like boats flying over his back. Yeah, he actually trips up one of the boats yes, with and, his body. Yeah. It's amazing. And the boat goes flying and burns up and everything. And he eats one of their legs. And he one eats of the guy's legs. One off. of the guy's legs. It was a, it was crazy. But she somehow knows, oh, guess what? He'll go towards water. She, she's not really useful well, in like, a lot he, of ways. He's going to be looking for new water so- sources. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, he definitely. And then basically that's where she was telling the story about like, I had an alligator pet when I was a kid, but one day I came home and it was gone. You know, and that's how we know, holy shit, is this Ramon? Like, that's what we put two and two together in this movie. Yeah. We're like, wait a minute, this alligator is the one that was flushed. And this is her. And she is that little girl because the movie doesn't really tell you right off the bat. It's no, her. it doesn't. But then you start real when she tells the story, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yep. That's so her. this not only th- th- do we know the little girl, mm-hmm. but this is also Ramon. So we know we have a name for yes. the alligator. In yes. this movie. That's it's why we Ramon. keep saying Ramon, guys. Yeah. So. Ramon, uh, yeah, he's going on a little bit of a rampage. And the best part of this is now he's, like, fed up. He's full we, on in revenge mode. In the background of this movie, we're getting an idea about this head of the pharmaceutical company. Slade. Slade. Um, okay, here's <laughs> Teen Titans. Go. Um, they, there's a whole background story about how his daughter is going to marry this guy. And they're going to have a big wedding. Outside. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy's a super rich guy, apparently, and enough that he has the mayor in his pocket. Yep. The mayor and him are always together. There's always weird scenes with them. And now it's all the payoff. Because now Ramon is like, I have a mission. I'm going to kill everybody at that wedding. <laughs> He's, first of all, not only does Ramon... No, where a, Slade lives. He's, he's got, got a, a GPS. Invitation. He's got an invitation. Somehow Ramon <laughs> got an invitation to this wedding. He knows how to get house. there and knows how to get onto the house's property. <laughs> it's it's like surrounded by a freaking gate. You can't get in unless you go to the gate to call and call somebody. And there's like a gate attendant there and everything. But this fucking alligator somehow gets onto the property. Now he knows where Slade lives, and he knows that this is the day his daughter's to be married. Yes, and <laughs> and what's really crazy is how everybody responds at this party because Ramon kills. Almost everybody at this wedding. Now, we also got to talk about that Slade, a rich person, is having a barbecue wedding. Okay. This wouldn't be okay if, like, we were in Alabama, one of the southern states where, you know, you have a wedding in your backyard. It's it's probably normal to have, like, you know, to be cooking up some steaks or hot dogs or whatever on the barbecue. That's probably normal. But for a super rich man, and I'm talking about... This house that he lives in is a freaking palace and he is there. Everyone's in white tuxedos and the women are in, you know, beautiful gowns. And this is a wedding. He himself, Slade, is actually frying up some steaks on the barbecue. There's a scene where he's telling the mayor, I guess the mayor's wife, because the mayor is like mad during the scene. I don't know why. He's just talking about uh, 
how to make how to how to cook meat on the barbecue. It's so weird because he had all of these like wait staff and servers there. Yeah. And there's like tons and tons of people like taking care of this wedding and caterers and whatever. And he's the one that's flipping steaks. <laughs> all, also, we so have to point weird. out when he ta- when he introduces the uh, the son-in-law to the mayor, yeah. he's touching the son's the guy's face and he's like, "This is my my son-in-law." This is my guy. Oh, he's, this is the guy. This is, he mm. says, this is my boy. This is my boy. This is my boy. I'm like, okay, that's, he was so creepy about it. It is but really like, strange. Yeah, he's the guy that's doing all your dirty work. But anyway, <laughs> so I don't know how they, they didn't even bother to try and make any rhyme or reason out of this. It was like, okay, Ramon just has a GPS. He knows exactly where Slade lives. He knows exactly who Slade is and what he's been doing. And he's going to go exact his revenge on this guy. And so he crashes the fucking wedding. He crashes this party. And the first thing he does is go through the wedding gig. <laughs> he goes, like, he's like, Damn. fuck your couch. Fuck yeah. your couch. Fuck your That's house. Like, seriously, he, that cake was beautiful he like, seen, why? Yeah, it is. why he, would you waste that he actually smacks the daughter i believe with his tail yeah. and i think she just gets killed by it no she actually makes it because he smacks her and she flies into the pool and they they show her being dragged out of the pool by like two people later on and you see her later on after the whole carnage is done she's walking all with her dress all torn and shit she makes it out okay. and she sees doesn't her doesn't he smack a bunch of people with their tail and they seem like they die from it possibly yeah. i think I mean, that does lot, happen there's so much chaos that nobody's running in a straight line everybody's just running around yeah i mean it's it's crazy i mean this thing is eating everybody it's just eating everybody the, i can't talk about this wedding enough they're at a pool party. It's a wedding and a pool party, and the cars are parked right there. Yeah, so because, this is at the house, at his house. Yeah, it's like it's in a driveway, though, because the cars are right there, and Ramon just goes up to the car. Now, my favorite thing here is Ramon starts shaking. Now, Slade, uh, he first off, the mayor gets up to the door, and Slade locks the doors on him so he can't come in. So Slade jumps in the car, and he, he locks him out. I was like, holy shit, what a motherfucker. Yeah, so uh, Ramon just gobbles up or seems to smash the mayor into the the car yeah, door he until he dies yeah. but then the, the mayor's gone from the shot yeah he, his like body he was there completely engulfed yeah but then it wasn't there in the next shot and every time they show you the inside of this car where the slate is asking the driver to drive and the, mm-hmm. the, the driver just can't do it the inside is shaking uncontrollably yeah but when they show the outside Nothing's it's not happening. Being, it's just the gator is against the car door. Yeah, like they want you to think like he's like, you know, beating the car with his tail or something like that. Yeah, just kind of imagine Ramon taking his hands and just shoving the car around like, fuck yeah, you, fuck like, you. Fuck your yeah. car. Yeah, and he's like, I'm coming for you. I know you're the one that did this to me. <laughs> and yeah, Like, how does he even know? Like, it's just, first of all, it's so absurd that he chose this house. Like, yep. come on. Like, what yeah. are the chances that... The, the scientist, the, the, the head scientist, he gets killed. He's Head scientist killed. is done. Everybody's getting killed. And now, because Slade's in the car, Ramon decides to Street Fighter trash this car. Like in Street Fighter, when the game, you hit the car all over the place. <laughs> he gets on the car and just starts trashing the car. Yep. Car doors flying. And the way he kills Slade is under his weight. Yeah. He crushes him he crushes in the him. car. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. And so Robert Forster gets there. And the girl, they get there, and the police we, are coming. We have to talk about it, though. He get They get to the gate, and the guy's at the gate, and he's like, 
invitation. They can't hear screams <laughs> Don't you hear of the bloody screaming? murder. And also at that point, people would have been at that gate trying to get the fuck out. Yes. And no one is at this gate. Nobody's at the gate. And no one's hearing a car being demolished nope, by don't a gator. Hear anything. They don't Nothing hear anything. Nothing is happening. The screams would be so insane. And they're they have to point a gun at the guy at the gate to get in this place. Yeah, Robert Forster's like, fuck you, let me in, you know, whatever. So he he gets in and then after I mean, obviously way too late. Ramon's, yeah, Ramon's already gone. Already gone. Yeah, he's already done what he's got. He's done. Do. So Robert Forster is, you know, he's like, fuck this man. He's like, I'm taking that bomb. I'm gonna destroy him. I'm gonna get I'm him. I'm going in the sewers. And guess what? You know, Matt, Matt um, what's her name? Marissa. Marissa knows automatically, well, you know, he's just going to go back home. Like, she just somehow knows, like, you know, oh, he's headed back home. Yeah. You could find him there. He'll just be sitting on the couch watching TV. And that would, that would, that would insinuate that he had accomplished his goal of killing Slade. Yes, it was And then he's like, okay, move. it's over now. He's going home. Yeah, he, he can just go relax now because yeah. he, but his you mission know, is over. he also destroyed his food source. So there's that. Because he was being fed all these animals that, you know, they were dumping there for him. He was literally being spoon fed. And now he's going to have to work for his food. So I don't understand why he feels accomplished, this freaking alligator. Like, he's not really accomplished. But it doesn't matter because he, he's not going to make it. So Robert Forster goes, he takes his bomb and he, I mean, he's really a one-man show, this guy. He, he's badass. I mean, he, he does this himself. And um, the best part about this scene, though, is he goes down into the sewer and this freaking girlfriend of his, the scientist lady, has one job and one job only. And that's to make sure that the manhole cover that he can get out of is clear so that, you know, when he's ready to escape the bomb that he planted down in the sewer, that he could get out. Well, no, she decides she's just going to take her sweet ass time getting to the manhole cover and... When she gets there, there's this fucking lady sitting in a car on top of the manhole, so he cannot get out. And this this scene, I, I swear to God, like, if I was in this movie or even in this situation, I feel like this this lady's like, no, I'm not moving. I'm waiting for this garbage truck. I can't move. I can't move. And, and, the, and then the scientist lady's like, back it up, back it up. And she's like, no, I'm not. So literally, I would fucking pull this bitch out of the car and throw her on the ground and move her car. Yeah. So finally, I was like, okay, this is going on way too long. So she finally gets in the car and pushes the lady to the side and, you know, moves the car. So Robert Forster is able to get out. But my problem with this scene is the fact that he literally had two seconds before the bomb went off. Yeah, and it was taken forever. Before that lady moved her car, right? Two seconds. So after all that struggle of trying to get the lady to move her car, I don't know how he did not feel the the freaking fireball under his feet because it was so fast like there's no way he would have survived that at all like at all he got out no. in a split second but the ground would have blown up underneath him so he would have been dead and they were also talking about the methane they kept talking about that in the movie that oh the methane po- pockets and when yeah. you when you see an explosion in the sewers if that methane it can make everything blow up right and so it basically just d- does it to the street it, yeah. it just it does blow the car up. It does blow the car up, which made me wonder where the hell's that lady? Yeah, where's that lady? <laughs> she was in the car. It's so funny. But I don't know. We'll just assume she got out. But um, yeah. yeah. So he survives, and uh, and then you just see them walking away at the end, you know, and they're holding on to each other, and and Finn, 
Well, not Finn, because we actually go back to the sewer to see that Ramon has had ah, you didn't babies. Let me, mm, that is the extra, that's the after credits scene, but not the, that's like the before credits, but like, it's kind of like in the Marvel movie when they give you like a, They don't give you any credits though. No, they do. I thought they no. just automatically scroll down into the or sewer. Or it, it fades to black, and then... And then it comes, you hear then water. And you hear you water, and then you see... A pop, baby. A baby one. He... He falls in there. But here's the thing about that. So Was it a baby or did someone flush another one? Is that what they're suggesting? That someone flush another one. That's what I'm getting because that's the same pipe that Ramon went into. But here's the thing. I, I asked you this. and um, Okay, so they're assuming that it's, you know, they're kind of like, I guess they're just telling us basically that, hey, guess what? This is going to start all over again. Yeah. Okay, fine. But it's not. Because there's no more animals down there that are being flushed into. Well, was it a scare sewer? that the, oh this could happen to you if you flush ba- uh, alligators? I mean, maybe it's like a little off the cuff kind of thing. None but... of the none of the people come back to the sequel, which is funny. I think it's called the mutation. Yeah, there is a sequel, and it's I terrible. did not care for it. Yeah, it's it's so that one has really funny miniatures in it. But um, it was it was really bad. It's called the mutation, which is funny because this one is actually the mutation as fun as well. It really so is. It's kind of funny that yeah. that one's called the mutation. You think that one would be called the spawning or something? Yeah, but so the lead scientist and the owner of pharmaceutical company, um, they're dead. So there's not going to be any more animals being shoved into that sewer. And so it's like kind of weird to assume that this is going to start all over again because it's really not, you yeah. know. But I really, I really love this movie so much. Oh yeah, I, I, God, is this one a blast? It's such a hoot. This was a fun, fun movie, especially yeah. of movies of that are basically ripping off another movie or trying to copy and paste it. Yeah, this is one of those ones that are really successful at it. I mean, they, they are successful at it. It's so much fun. Yeah, and of it's course, like the it's carnage. not anywhere near it. It's still no, just I mean, a kind of fun on its no, own movie. Nothing is like nothing's Jaws. Yeah. But this is this movie is so much fun though, and the characters are, are good and it was just a hoot of a time, especially like the carnage and um the fact they do you know, when filmmakers go out on a limb and they actually kill kids, it's like crazy. <laughs> I can't <laughs> there's something impressive about these things that we now like you go see movies now and people are so Everybody's like, no, you can't do certain things. So right. they're, you're making a checklist. A checklist. Oh, I said checklist. Stop looking at my boobs. Sorry. <laughs> um, you should have put a shirt on. Um, I know I have to podcast in the nude. Um, a checklist. People are making these checklists that are kind of ruining movies these days where they're saying you can't do certain things. Oh, you can't. This I is know. a no-no. This is a no-no. And uh, killing animals and uh, killing kids mm-hmm. and all these things that you're like, They'll never do that. And when they do it, people in the audience go, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And this movie's like, fuck all of that. We're going to do it all. It's because it's the 80s. You know, the 80s didn't give a shit. Yeah, because they were always keeping you on your toes, like shocking you. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I love this movie. You love this movie. There are probably a lot of other people out there that love this movie. But um, I want to bring us into our segment. Um, a lot of people have some negative things to say that are a little too overboard. And a lot of people have some positive things to say that are too overboard but this is my segment that uh we call why we can't have nice things i'll read a 10 star review and then a one star review and um this one is a 10 star review i love it i love this and person it's just so fucking funny i had to use this one so 10 out of 10 wow based on a true story a giant mutant alligator roaming the sewer i was too scared to use the toilet 10 out of 10 there's 
it's like Inception. There's so many layers. <laughs> this this person this can't person. go to the toilet, so they're giving I it a ten. And they also said based oh. on a true story. <laughs> God bless them. I so wonder if that true story amazing. took place in Chicago or oh is it taking God. place in Missouri? Oh, wow. L.A. It's L.A. <laughs> or L.A. It oh could be anywhere. Oh, my God. So then we have here a 1 out of 10. Trash. A pile of it. What a pile of ever-loving trash. How in the world did this receive 84% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes? I remember watching this as a kid in the 80s, and the alligator in the sewer premise was attractive to me, but... It was attractive to me then, but I didn't remember much else about it, so I thought I'd give it another viewing. It's also listed as one of the top films about killer alligators. Unbelievable. It is the killer alligator. It is. I'm sorry. This is unless you like poor creature effects and ridiculous dialogue, inane alligator attack scenes and plot, inane attack scenes and plot, and mostly just plain bad acting, then I suggest not wasting your time with this one. Cheesy as can be. Watch Rogue instead. Rogue is good. Rogue is good. Rogue is good. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you that, sir or uh, madam. But the, to but give this one a one, a I got one? It. Why? Like, really, you couldn't find anything fun? I mean, this movie was a hoot. It was fun. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, but the, the, the alligator attack scenes were not trash. I thought they were fun. Oh, I thought they were fun. really good. And again, they had an animatronic that was breaking. Yeah. And they still made it this much fun. Certain times, yeah. I, I'm during the wedding attack scene, it looks cool. I think so, too. Yeah. And I love that. I know it was stupid, but I like when he crashed through the cement in the uh, on the sidewalk. I love that. That was like, yo, I'm here. Like, yep. you know, when Bruce came first to get out of the water onto the boat in, in Jaws, it was like, oh, my God. You know, that was really, like, jarring. <laughs> Uh, it, it, this movie's stupid. It's fun, though. It's stupid fun. It knows it, too, which is funny. It's like a borderline of both kinds of worlds. It's like, there's, a sub, there's some stuff here that's kind of interesting, and the characters are kind of, uh, you know, intri- like intriguing. And then you have your goofy alligator subplot. So yeah. it kind of, like, borders on both. And I love the way it gels. Yeah, it comes I love together it too. in a really funny mishmash of all these things. Yep, and Robert Forster could not have been better. He was so funny. Um, I, I just really love this movie. This is that's yeah. why I chose it for my Turkey Fest. Yeah, this is our last one. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll sneak in some other movies here and there. I, I keep thinking about doing it for October for December as well, doing something, but. Oh, we know we're going to have to do Christmas trash. We're doing Christmas trash, yeah. I mean, we always do Christmas trash. Yeah, and, you know, I love it. Um. But yeah, this is a, this is a, I don't know what it is. This is one of those ones when you know you saw something as a kid and you're like, oh, it's got to be terrible. And then you watch it again as an adult and you're like, God, that's still kind of fun. Yeah. That's this movie for This me. is a fun movie. I really liked it. So, um, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you give? What do you give the star wise? Oh, I give it a seven. Uh, I'm giving it a six. It's a six for me. I it, love it. It's just, it's just perfectly right there. It's I great. couldn't give it any higher. It is very corny. It, it is knows corny exactly as fuck, what it is. But you know what? You're talking to a corny person. Yeah. I love well, cheese. I love all that. I mean, everything from the 80s is is my jam. I love everything from the 80s. They just did everything right. And there's never going to be movies like the ones in the 80s ever again. Because now, like you said, everything's changed. You know, you have to check off boxes. You have to make sure you're, you know, politically correct. You can't say anything that's, you know... 
Yeah. You know, you can't even give your own opinion anymore. Like, it's there's never going to be any movie making like the 80s. I'm sorry. It's that ship has sailed. Things have changed now. I get, I get yeah, I mean it's it's an odd one. Yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah. Th- this is definitely in that right time period. It is. I have some fun facts I forgot to say during this episode. Oh yeah. Uh, I was going to say that this movie oddly I said it before that this movie oddly has some references. Mm-hmm. And the Edward Norton. Th- we, we, by the way, his character's name is Edward Norton in this, which yeah. made me laugh too. But it's Ed Norton is a honeymooners reference. We already pointed that out. Yes. Uh, there's also this reference to. Uh, I don't know if it's a reference or they just stole this, um, but they used a beat from a Twilight Zone, a Twilight Zone episode called Invaders. Oh. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith did the score for it, and they kept using the cues from his music in that episode. Oh. Which is really strange. That's weird. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, the screenwriter, John Sayles, mm-hmm. he wrote an unused script that later morphed into E.T. Oh, wow. Um, that In that movie, though, in E.T., I don't know if it's a kind of a nod, but they reference alligators and sewers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's graffiti on the sewer wall at the end of this movie. That's a reference to the movie with Orson Welles called The Third Man. Oh. Very odd. I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that's I was strange. wondering what that graffiti meant. It's got to be something. And then to give this um, a nice little run back to Ramon, he will always be immortalized because they gave the animatronic to the Florida Gators football team. Yes, they did. And there's a great photo of them riding on the alligator. <laughs> So there's gators on gators. That's amazing. Gators on gators. And uh, that's a great way to end it and a happy little tribute to Ramon. He will always be remembered as the baddest motherfucker out there who just knows to wait for a wedding to happen, emerge, and then take out that wedding. Yep. And now we always see an alligator and we always say, hey, Ramon, he's he's always going to be... In our hearts. To Ramon, everybody. To Ramon. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you have a good one, and I hope you enjoyed this Turkey Fest. I hope you uh, liked our episodes. And if you did or didn't, we'd like to hear about it. As always, I am Just Another Movie Night on Instagram, and Joe is at The Crafty Misfit. We would always love to hear it. We always want to hear anybody talk about anything bad or good about movies. We're welcome. Just like Ramon was welcome to our hearts. <laughs> Have a good one. Booger Alley.